Welcome to A More Perfect Collingswood, hyper-local news from the greatest town in the world. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. And I'm Kate Delaney. All right, Kate, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about elections, because that's what's been happening in Collingswood. Lots yeah. of elections this spring. As our listeners, I'm sure, know there was an, uh, okay, uh, commissioner election a few weeks ago that you all voted in, I'm sure. Um, and the, the incumbents prevailed. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and do a bit of a postmortem. And then we're going to talk about the upcoming Democratic primary where Kate is also running um, with a slate of candidates. Um, and she's going to explain exactly what she's running for, uh, what, it, what they do, and uh, what the stakes are here. Because uh, I know I'm confused about it. You're probably all confused about it. So we're here to clear up that confusion. So you're <laughs> yeah. ready to vote on Tuesday. All right. So, Kate. Let's talk about the uh, the commissioner election. Yes. This was for township commissioner. Um, Kate and her two running mates were running against uh, Mayor Malley and his two running mates. And uh, you didn't win. So it's pretty disappointing. But uh, what, what was your takeaway from the whole thing? Yeah. Well, to your point that surely everyone listening voted. Uh, turn up. Turnout was up. So that is definitely good news. Um, and we're still kind of processing main takeaways, but I think yeah. So turnout was like really low in the past few because oh they my were god, running it was like five hundred, right? right? And even the last time they were opposed, it was like a thousand people showed up. Okay, and how many? What was turnout this time? It was about four thousand. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, so out of eleven thousand registered voters, four thousand voted. We have eleven thousand registered voters. We do. And the, the what's what, the population is like fourteen thousand, right? Yes, so that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, so lots yeah. of people register, but. Obviously, the turnout could be better, um, though that's, again, a big increase. So that's good news. Um, we're still you know, working on getting some more data, so finding out who showed up. So this is kind of a question still in my mind and my running mate's minds. Um, you know, sort of all we have is anecdotal evidence, what we saw on Election Day. Um, but, you know, it seemed like there was no one I saw that was younger than me. And I'm 41. So <laughs> I did not see the 20-somethings, the 30-somethings coming out in large numbers. Um, and it seemed like the demographic skewed older. Well, I'm a 30-something for a couple of more years. And, and I, I did came see out. you. And I saw That's a couple true. people. That's true. You saw me. So <laughs> I can't even. I, it's, I'm not. She knows I'm not lying. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So we're not sure. We're kind of trying to get a better sense of who showed up. But I do think that. The turnout is probably older and more conservative than we had been banking on. Um, we did, you know, win part the of you. Kids which is, today. The kids, What's the, the matter kids with today. them? Get out there and vote, kids. Um, Shakes fist at cloud. <laughs> we banked on better turnout at Parkview. We did one win Parkview, but the numbers there were terrible. Um, oh. Just in terms of turnout. What like what like what? How terrible? Uh, like under like a hundred under a hundred. It was bad. And how many people live there? About a thousand. Oh, yeah. It's not very good. Yeah. Do you have any idea what the issue was? I think it's a lot of issues. I think in part. So like I think the the story that Collingswood tells about Parkview is that everyone there is transient and just passing through. That is not my experience from talking to people there. A lot of people do feel like rooted in Collingswood. They want to stay here. But they would like Morgan Properties to be a far better property management firm. Yeah. Um. I think there's also issues, certainly, of, like, basic things of, like, you know, language issues. So there are people we couldn't connect to. Um, but I think also that, you know, there's just a sense that they're not really fully seen or respected in the community. 
Um, I think that, you know, when you have demographics that feel kind of underrepresented, they also don't feel very inspired to vote. I think that voting is something you kind of need to have an established family history of. And if there's a sense that your vote doesn't count, that the people in power are not concerned about you, then you don't show up. And I think it's a vicious cycle that gets repeated because then the politicians don't care about them. And then they're just totally out of the loop. So that was a decision that my running mates and I made consciously. We need to try and pull these voters in. We did establish relationships, but they didn't necessarily, you know, turn out in the way that we hoped. Yeah. And that's I mean, it's really sad when that happens, because then you have people running who want to represent these folks. Right. And it's just hard to get that message through, because I think a lot of people tell them, oh, yeah, we we're, we'll we'll stick up for you um, and then don't do it. So it's hard to trust. Right. Yes. And I mean, yeah. So, you know, I, just the other day I saw there was more posts when it was cold the other day about like it's cold in Parkview again and people are complaining about security. And I'm like, oh, like nothing's going to get done because there was a little like campaign theater by the mayor before the election. But, you know, now he won. So no need for that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, they got, got to four be- years of uh, exactly guaranteed employment. So. So, yeah. So I think that that was part of it. Some of the demographics that we had hoped would turn out didn't we're not sure kind of of you know the age of the average voter um or the political leanings um you know i think a definite challenge that is something that i'm concerned about certainly as a person in collingswood also the head of south jersey of dems is there being elections because there was a lot of people that said thing on in the wood like if you don't look like the town you're living in and you want to run for office you should just move I did see some of that. What are my committee members? I don't think that was a very popular view. I don't. Yeah, but, but there was it a was, lot of it was saying, said. I feel overwhelmed. Like, I got stuff in the mail, and then I got different stuff. And so I think that, like, our democracy muscles need a workout. Like, we're not, we don't have enough elections in Camden County. They're not competitive elections. They're, our incumbents never run campaigns. People are not used to engaging on the idea of, like, which we vote for on well, a local level, a more local than national level. Well, so, t- to be fair, Kate, nobody likes campaign mailers. Right. That's true. But <laughs> in other parts of the state, even, there is a sense that people should be asked for their vote. Yeah. Here, well, that's, there isn't. Well, so one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is, is that reason, because I have lived here for, I think, like 15 years now and never really had much of an idea about what was going on in town. In, in terms of a lot of things, um, but in terms of local government especially. Like, I had right. no idea what was happening. Um, and go- just going to um, uh, commissioner's meetings, like I was doing, um, you know, when they, when they still had them in person, um, and now watching them on Zoom, this doesn't really, like, communicate that much. Right. So one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is to, like, let people, like, put it in in uh, layman's terms about like, hey, what's happening in town? What's the government doing? Right. What what issues should you be concerned with um, on a local level? Because uh, I feel like everyone is super concerned with with issues on a national level sure. that are really right. difficult right. to affect, um, but not that concerned with issues on a local level, which they have much more power to influence. Um, and I think some of that is just generally like a human being problem of people like want to look more nationally than locally. But I think some of that is also specifically a South Jersey and especially Camden County issue. 
like you know a lot of people told me when we were out knocking doors like you can never get rid of the incumbents like they're just going to be here forever like you know, there's it's impossible yeah so there's, there's definitely a like of futility yeah, of like don't try there's definitely a, like a whole machine politics thing around here that is uh you know very very set up to keep incumbents in power but also there's like not that much local news right um but there is it's just all behind closed doors like it's there and you know yeah so i mean again oh not that the news isn't happening i mean news reporting right that is a huge thing and that's why you know something that i think south jersey progressive dems needs to do is follow kind of the wonderful example of you and i and do more (laughs) of this because people don't get information there isn't like you know the inquirer wrote something yesterday about the camden mayoral race yeah just tuesday but no one covered collingswood um, there is no coverage usually. There's no like solid objective coverage. We don't have media because we're not Philly and we're not New York and we get what we get and it's usually yeah very, we've very got little. we've got NJ Penn, which which I like. Um, I think uh, Matt does some solid reporting there. The retrospect is great, but they're not online. Right, retrospect. Put your put your stuff online for God's <laughs> sake. Nobody reads paper anymore. Yeah, I think the you know I'm a big fan of Nancy Solomon. She's WNYC. Um, there's some other, you know, Matt Friedman of Politico is fantastic. So there is reporting, but mm. I don't know that it's like the average voter, the average citizen of Collingswood is looking at those places. Yeah. And they're not. There's also like the reporters aren't going to our local commissioners meeting. Exactly. I think I think right. maybe Matt does. He probably yeah. Does. Well, the retrospect does. But okay. again, yeah. Not yeah online. Not online. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like any of the like more regional news, like the Courier Post or whatever, right. they're not they're not sending reporters. Right to the local meetings. So um, I think it's just hard to know the stuff that's like particularly important to Collingswood in particular. Right. Yes. Um, which is why I want to do this. And I hope that, yeah, some other, other sources will pop up too, because uh, I still don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, so I'm trying to tell you guys what everything I know, but I'm sure there's a lot of, I don't know. So yeah. I'd, I'd love to see some more people um, get in on the conversation. Yeah, it's all good for democracy, and that's yeah. what we need to work on. Um, but yeah, I I agree that um, we could use some more elections. One of the re- one of your your campaign platforms that I liked a lot was the staggered elections, right? Bit, because I think if we had a commissioner's election every year, or uh, you know every other year at least, then you know it would it would make more sense to pay attention, right? Because you'd have a voice in the process, right? Much more often, right? Um, so I wish that, uh, that would happen. I wish that our, uh, our current commissioners would, uh, consider that anyway. Yes. I mean, really we should under the Walsh Act have more commissioners. We really, you know, should join the rest of the county and having working sessions. Um, yeah. now for more commissioners, you said you, you do that by ballot initiative, right? Yes. So do the, do the commissioners, do they have, like, can we do that without them? Yes. Even you if they're against do it? it? Yes. You can still do an initiative and a referendum is the process. Mm-hmm. This is what my committee did to um, pass energy aggregation. So we lobbied. Can we do this? We support this idea. We did you know, public events on it, and they were like, no. And then they wrote their own legislation that had no renewable goals, and we were like, well, that's not good enough. So we initiated that I2R process. And then you collect a certain number of signatures. We needed like 400-some um and then they have at that point they can either decide that they're going to accept what you brought them or they're going to say no we're still no we're going to put it on the ballot but they didn't want to lose on the ballot 
so they passed. But they haven't done anything with it, so more advocacy is needed. Um, but yes, there is always that citizen workaround when your government will not listen. No. Not always. It works differently in different towns, but generally everywhere has the initiative to referendum process. All right. Well, are there any uh, plans to, to try to do that? I mean, I talked to a lot of people that are interested in that idea, and I actually think it would be great to have it be maybe even a regional conversation. Um, I have friends in Audubon who also had, like, an election that was unchallenged, and they were like, eh, it's the same thing, same setup Mm -hmm. of, like, these incumbents going to be so hard to get them out. You go talk to people, and, like, all hair on fire, ah, an election. (laughs) So, like, wouldn't it be better if we all had a better process, more elections? Um, there's only a handful of towns that have th- the three commissioners that run on concurrent terms, so it might, you know, be a, a group project. All right. Well, here's to that. Yay. Group projects. All right. Any other thoughts about the previous election? Um, I mean, I think those are the big ones. Figuring mm. out who showed up, who didn't show up, who didn't show up that day. Um, you know, making sure that we, again, kind of, you know, work those democracy muscles and continue to have elections and to engage and make sure that people are, you know, asking for the information that we've been asking for. Yeah. Now, um, do you think you, I guess, influenced the, the current commissioners to take any better positions with your campaign? I don't think so. No, no. but I think that the voters, hopefully, I mean, I had some really good conversations we connected with some people that we didn't know who were excited about some of the ideas. Um, so hopefully, you know, always that bringing more people in is. The I mean, I change. think I think they are certainly um, taking the water issues a little more seriously, right? Because of the, the the fuss you kicked up about it, right? Right. So I think there's that at least. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, making change. You know, I think one theory of change is continuous lobbying of officials, and that is important. And the other is, you know, public engagement and bringing more people in and building up a base. And, you know, kind of that's, I guess, normally where I feel like there's more power. All right. And then did you learn any lessons for next time? Did I learn any lessons for next time? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, so one issue that we, again, have not gotten any clarity about, and it's unclear if we're going to get more information, is about the dark money pack. Yeah. So I won't talk too long about dark money, except it's terrible. We do know that the dark money pack, or we know, you know, through going down the rabbit hole, chasing the EIN number, that it was run by. All right, Kate, but back up a second. You're talking yes. like a politician here. I am? Okay. You are. Okay. So <laughs> dar- dark money, for those who don't know, is a political term used for um, campaign donations that don't have to be disclosed. So they can't actually be campaign donations. But they can right. be donations to organizations that support a campaign or support issues related to the campaign. Um, and then they don't have to disclose their donors. So there's this money flowing in and no one knows where it's coming from. Right. And that's what people mean when they say dark money. So we have a little bit of information. So they were called the Committee for Responsible Governance. First they were responsible oh, government, name. but then they went governance, I guess. I don't know. They thought extra ends maybe is exciting. Um they had an address that was a real estate agency in Haddonfield. Um, some of my friends did some complaining about it on In the Wood, and somebody volunteered the EIN number, at which point I was able to track down who was registered to that EIN. Um, and it was a guy who was a fossil fuel industry lobbyist um, as a day job. And then he is connected to... Well, that doesn't to sound sinister. No, it's great. 
Um, <laughs> and then he is connected to the Camden County Democratic Committee. We'll get to the, those folks in just a second. But basically, the Camden County Dems. Um, of course, we did some poking around on Facebook. So initially, we thought it was Junior, but it turned out it was his dad, Senior, who was very close with the Norcross brothers, and a photo of him and the Norcross bros all together. Um, so definitely, the Dark Money Pack was Norcross and was the Camden County Dems. So, you know, we really went up against the county machine, and I would estimate, I was estimating that they spent maybe $100,000, and then the Malley campaign spent maybe $50,000. Um, we spent 20000 but it could be if they did polling and they had staff, they ran headquarters, they could have spent 300000 So we definitely were out to spend five to one, but potentially, you know, gotcha. Um, so let's say in four years I want to run for, for a commissioner. What advice do you have for me? Um, I would say certainly continue to stay engaged. Um, we thought we did a good job of fundraising, but money remains an issue because I think people are not aware of how much money is being spent in local elections. All right, get some rich donors. Got it. Get some rich donors. Um, I think the system needs to be fixed first. Like, I think there needs to be changes that happen between now and four years from now. I think, you know, whether it's the expanding the board of commissioners or whether it's just a lot more public engagement. Um, the landscape landscape needs to shift some. Gotcha. Or right. a lot. Well, here's my advice, Kate. Okay. Snappier slogan. Snappier slogan. Snappier okay. slogan. You got it. You got you know you got it. You got uh five words to 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 tell people what you're all about. Um, and I think you know I think you had some great positions. Um, I think they were important, but I I feel like um greater transparency. I don't think that really motivates that many people in a political campaign. Right. I think it's super important. And I wish other people thought it was super important. But I don't think they really do. Yeah, I think that also corruption does not resonate the yeah. way that I would like it to resonate in Camden County. But again, it goes back to kind of, you know, shifts in the landscape and more kind of public engagement. Yeah. So I would, if I was running, I would try to come up with like a signature issue or something that, that really animated people. You sound ready. Oh, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Kate, you know, you know how I feel about meetings. That's Politi true. Political office is all meetings. I would die. <laughs> <laughs> but for any of you out there who want to do it, snappy slogan. <laughs> and you can call me. I'll help you come up with one. And get ready for meetings. And No, I'm not helping with that. <laughs> uh, all right. So. Moving on from the previous election, we're going to talk about the next election. And yes. this is when? This is Tuesday, the 8th, okay. is our primary election here in New Jersey. All right, that's this coming Tuesday. Yes. So remember to go vote on Tuesday. And what are we voting for? So a primary, as surely all our listeners know, is an intra-party election. Okay, so do you have to be registered Democrat for this? You do. Okay. Or you can be registered independent. You can even be a registered R and defect to the Democrats. Okay, so, so, you can, so you can vote in the Democratic primary, no matter your registration, but you can only vote in one primary? Yes. Okay. Yes. And independence, if you vote in the Democratic par uh, primary, then you become a Democrat. So I know that some people... Resistant to <laughs> if you do you become a Democrat if you're registered as a Republican? I'm not sure. Okay, but it automatically registers you. Yes. That's weird. I mean, you can jump back out of the pool if you want, but yeah. that's temporarily what will happen. <laughs> My God, you'll be temporarily a Democrat. Oh, <laughs> how's you'll snare you? You'll feel dirty. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, so everyone should have already gotten a sample ballot, and if you're vote by mail, you got your ballot a long time ago, so make sure that you mail it in if you haven't already. All right, so what are, what are we voting for? So there is an um, election that everything from the governor, Murphy is running unopposed in this primary, um, down to local county committee, and I am one of the team of 16 running for re-election for county committee. We ran in 2019 as Collins of Progressive Democrats, and we won off the line, and so we're up for re-election, though we are again off the line. And we're actually one line what over. Is, what does off the line mean? <clears throat> yes, yeah, so the ballot in New Jersey, and only in New Jersey, is arranged in columns or lines. Everywhere else, people are grouped by like office. So if you're running for a state senator, you'd be next to the other people running for state senator. In Jersey, it's arranged by columns, and it's basically, um, so the ballot is designed by the county clerk, but the um, column is approved by the county chair. Our county chair is Jim Beach, who is also on the ballot as our state senator. And So the guy on the ballot is designing the ballot? Yes, that was 2019 as well. The clerk was up for election, re-election, and also designed the ballot and did some dirty stuff. No, Kate, that doesn't sound right. No, Nobody would allow that. No, not here in Camden County where everything's always fair. Yeah, that sounds really unfair. <laughs> um, so the, the way you get on the county line is to have the blessing of the county party. So have the blessing of the Camden County Dems. Um, and when we were elected in 2019, we specifically ran as progressive challengers who wanted to make change, who wanted to make the party more visible, diverse. We wanted to ask questions. So we never really expected necessarily that we would get the line. We assumed that as soon as we got in there, the main goal would be to work on how to get rid of us. Right. So, uh, the, uh, so the, the local party, yes, they control who gets to go on like the, the first column. Yes, right? the county party, the okay. Camden County Dems. On and the ballot, they're the Camden County Democratic Committee, Inc. Okay, so they decide who gets to go in like the, the first position, and that's like the preferred position. Yes, and in other counties, the parties, the Democratic parties, are, you know, they have endorsements that they make via you know elections, so they have the various people make speeches, so this happens in Mercer, all throughout North Jersey, and Atlanta County also does this. So candidates give speeches and then people decide, the committee members vote. Do we want to endorse that person? That's not how we do it here. Bill Tambusi, who is the attorney of George Norcross, makes the... Uh, George Norcross, <laughs> if you'll remember, is basically the head of the uh, Democratic the party, party machine. Boss. Yes. So his lawyer comes out on, at these meetings and says, here's who we are endorsing. Everyone that loves this idea, just stand there or say yes. <laughs> so it was over Zoom this time. All the municipal chairs came. And they all said yes. And anyone want to say no? So I said I would like to ask some questions and object for a better process. And then there was a little bit of a back and forth. Or not even. It was just Bill Tambusi yelling out of order, out of order at me. Um, so Kate, we endorsed all those people. Why you got to cause trouble? Well, I think that before we endorse them, we should hear a little bit about who they are, what they stand for, why they should have the support of colleagues of Democrats. Um, and, and what are these endorsements for? For the party line and academic okay. research by uh, Julius S. Rubin and other scholars at Rutgers have documented a 30 to 40 point lead that candidates have if they are on the line. Visually, it's always complete as opposed to the other two columns or however many columns are on the ballot. So voters just kind of gravitate towards that full complete line. And then everybody else kind of looks like an outlier, like a weirdo on the edge of the page. 
Mm-hmm. So we look like the weirdos on the edge of the page this time, as we kind of did last time. But yeah, we're you definitely afield. you definitely did last time too. Yeah, and then we also have the added fun of column two and three, which are phantom candidates. Which yeah, I no. don't think they'd run again. But now we've discussed this before, but just as a refresher, um, the county, or the the Democratic Party machine recruits people to run on these uh, and and gives them these ballot positions. Uh, who aren't running campaigns, who don't want to be elected, right. who just who just sign up uh, as a favor to the party um, in order to make it look like there's more people running and maybe siphon off some votes from people that don't know what they're doing. Right. And more importantly, to push the actual challengers out farther to the right on the ballot. Right. And um, sometimes there's been nine columns because there's been like six columns of phantoms. Yeah, and I can confirm, I because... Uh, years ago there was an election and i wanted to be an informed voter and tried getting some information on these candidates and i think it was like six of the eight candidates had no campaign going on right and um you wouldn't talk to reporters um one actually picked up the phone i think yes uh, a while ago jason witt did in 2019 yeah Yeah. and he, what did he say? Like They asked him why, Matt Freeman of Politico asked him why he was running for freeholder. And he said, basically started to say, I don't know, not really. They asked me. And then it was like, uh, I don't know, parks and stuff. And they're like, well, what about Amanda Simple, your running mate? And he's like, Amanda, the curly haired girl? <laughs> yeah, I think I know her. So it was really clear that like, hey, vote for he me. just made the terrible mistake of answering the phone. Vote for me, parks and stuff. Parks and stuff. Yeah, it's a great shirt. Jason Witt, that, Parks and Stuff. That should be a slogan on I the mean, ballot. I mean, it's catchy. Who doesn't like Parks and Stuff? Parks and Stuff. Yeah, so the Phantoms, I did not think they were going to do this time because in 2019, we made a big production out of it. We went to um, the meeting to confront the guy, the local guy who recruits it, even though the scheme um, was crafted by Steve Askew, who was like the head oppo research goon of the machine. Um, so they initially used it against Republicans, and then they were like, oh, we can use this against fellow Democrats, <laughs> too. This is cool. Um, and it's terrible. People have asked me. So many people are like, what is going on with column three? Are there real freeholder candidates? It's it's kind of depressing to, have to say, like, no. There's, I can't there. believe this is legal. It seems fraudulent. Yeah, I don't think it is. There's been a complaint filed, I know, because on the first page of a nominating petition, it says that you're signing because you are seeking elective office. And, you know, sincerely want to seek that elective office. So I think if you sign and you have no intention of ever running a campaign, then you really are, you know, undermining the ballot and you're misleading voters. So I think it's a matter of, like, confirming that it's illegal. All right. Well, depressing. Depressing. Um, Hopefully, I guess I guess it's up to, like, the state justice department to do something about it, which they're not going to do because... They're what do they do? I, I mean, the other issue is it doesn't happen anywhere else. This is just a Camden County problem. Really? So this is like really? the only county that does this? Yes. Elsewhere in the state, people are like, wow, yeah, you and your ridiculous ballot in Camden County. That's full of ghosts. Oh, my God. We need an exorcism for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Vote for Kate. Ghostbuster. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's depressing. Um, so, so tell me about what you're actually running for. What is this committee? Yeah, so we, for the past two years, have been serving as the Collings of Democratic Committee. So every county in the state has a Democratic county party and or county committee, and those committees are made up of municipal committees. 
So there are 37 municipalities in Camden County. Every town has its own local Democratic committee. So we report to the county, to the Camden County Dems, and in theory, or our take on it has always been that our job is to represent our local constituents, colleagues of Democrats, and keep them informed and articulate their priorities and what they're looking for in terms of legislation and candidates. And we presented this in very compelling terms, I feel, to Chairman Beach, who told us, in fact, that was not at all what the job is. The job is we sit there and he tells us, or really George tells us, who we support and what we tell our local Democrats and we tell them who to vote for. And then if we behave ourselves, we might be allowed to use the copier. So we did give some thought to whether we should potentially sell out for the copier because, you know, it's not cheap making those copies at Staples. Is it like a nice copier? I don't least? know. We didn't get to see. <laughs> I don't even know if it was colored. Well, so you were not even permitted to look at the copier. <laughs> it was like, we might let you in the back room where it is, but no. Okay. So we didn't do the sellout to use the copier play. Um, so you say, but so you say. are a slippery politician. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna launch an investigation into who's been using that. Who's copier. been using that copier? Yeah. So we um, have done a lot of voter registration. Like I said, we we lobbied for um, renewable energy aggregation. We've done a lot of you know issue advocacy. Um, when we had to show up at the Camden County Dems meetings, we asked questions about process. Um, they were trying to pass a bylaw change recently that would let all former local electeds and state level electeds, I think federal as well, be, be members and have voting rights in the committee. So we said, wait, this seems odd. <laughs> We'd like to ask some more questions about that. Um, so we've done a lot of question asking. But I think the biggest thing that we've done since we've been elected is just be active and have meetings. So when we took over the party locally, um, there were no bylaws. There was no information. You couldn't find out who the municipal chair was. You couldn't find out anything. Um, so we had to create bylaws. There is an active uh, Democratic committee in Cinnamonson that's progressive. So they sent us theirs and said, here's what we've been doing. So we use their example. Um, and we, you know, we meet and we do things publicly. So that is, seems like a minor thing, but it, you know, operating in public and asking people to join us is kind of new and in fact we have a meeting tonight where we're going to do a meet the candidates event it's going to be over zoom um and the state committee folks will be there too so you know that's kind of a minor thing but again you know a big change from how things did operate before we were elected yeah so so my understanding is this is largely an advisory role where you're i mean ideally what would happen is you go and communicate to the larger party, you know, what the what the people of Collingswood want to see if, done. Right, if that those listening ears were yeah. open and existed. And right. then you take what they say and come back and you can communicate it to the people of Collingswood. Right, um, and in okay. other places like in Mercer, right, or Atlantic, where the committee members get to vote on candidates that we're going to endorse, it could be powerful, right? Because we mm -hmm. could say, well, we're not going to endorse... You know, Melinda Kane, just to pick it random, for freeholder, because we haven't heard her deliver her speech yet. We don't know what her values are, what well, her you, policy ideas But are. you actually get to vote, right? It just doesn't matter because everyone just, we're just moves in lockstep. Exactly. Yeah. And when I try to interject. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. Well, you know, um, so my my recollection is that last time um, there were a lot of progressive slates running for yes. this position, like all over South Jersey. Yes. Um, but they they all went down except for yours. They did. And this is happening again, though mm -hmm. I've been more strategic about 
kind of where we're running. Mm-hmm. So South Jersey Progressive Dems, we're running here in Collingswood. Mm-hmm. We're running in Clemington, where they have a really great slate. And I think that the Norcross machine has kind of forgotten that Clemington exists. Ooh. You know, their amusement park is closed. So What? It, Clemington Park is closed? It did. Separate podcast, but we uh. need to discuss. Um, so the Clemington folks are great. They're very organized. They've been organizers before this. Um, and Merchantville, they're running there as well. We're also running six challengers for state committee. So state committee does kind of what the local committee does, but one level up. Okay. So there's people that represent Camden County to the state party. Yeah, but so but assuming you can enough of these folks can actually get elected to the committee, you could change this. You could take over the party. Yeah, and and prevent this whole thing where everyone just does what the boss says. Get a bunch of people in the room that want to ask questions, and yeah, Yeah. are willing to do that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's um, you know something to work toward, I guess. Yeah, I mean, last time there was more slates, as you said. Mm-hmm. The problem is, again, and this is just a Camden County thing, everywhere else you run for your county committee by just running by ward or district. So you could run with your neighbor across the street and mm-hmm. say, let's run and represent like our five streets or whatever to the county party. But in Camden County, they engineered it in such a way that everyone runs at large. So in Collingswood, it's 16 versus 16, which is a big number, but not a crazy number. However, in Cherry Hill, it's 64 versus 64. So that is a really heavy lift for an organizer to get 64 people that are progressive and going to kind of sign on to a platform and are going to do some work and canvas and do all the things. So and then they're just signing up to go to meetings. Exactly. (laughs) So Merchantville (laughs) and Clemington are smaller places. They're smaller committees, but it's also kind of, you know. Like I said, strategically, see, it'll be easier for us now. See, I like at-large elections, but then I want them to be proportional. That right. seems silly to have like, oh, you just vote for this this slate or this slate. Right. So you can't mix and match. You right. just get 64 of one or 64 right. of the other. When right. really you should get like, you know, if you get 60% of the vote, you should get 60% of the seats. Right. And same in Gloucester Township. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how it would work elsewhere. Right. So that yeah. it is mix and match. And then you could have, maybe you have, you know. Some very left-leaning folks. Maybe mm-hmm. you have some very centrist folks. But, yeah, so that's one thing that my committee would like to do. The other way, the other change that I could make is you would then have representation by district. So people like you on the west side would be maybe better represented. You'd have represent, representation at Parkview because Parkview what, uh, is its own district. What do you mean people like me, Kate? People like you, your kind. <laughs> my kind over here in the West so Collingswood extension. you would have representation throughout town. You would have every district. Again, Parkview mm-hmm. is its own district. So I think it is an improvement um, that could be made. And again, it would be easier then to make inroads in the party. Must be real nice. <laughs> uh, all right. So what, um, what's, what's, your, what's your plan? going forward when you uh, get reelected? So like I said, there's some sort of party changes we want to make to improve democracy. So one is looking at by ward or by district representation. Um, Another thing that has happened elsewhere in the state, Middlesex County led the way, was ending um, representation based on gender. So right now it is eight men and eight women. And it has been ruled illegal, but basically the only way to challenge it yeah, That locally. sounds pretty illegal. Yeah. So we cha- wrote in our bylaws, we removed all gender representation qualifications. So not someone who's not binary could also run. Um, but we think the whole county should do this. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, you are. Then you have to, like, match up everybody. Yeah, so. I mean, it sounds like it probably came from a progressive place when it was 
it was put in affirmative action yeah. sort of thing. I think yes, I think at the, but, at the time it was probably good, but I think at this point, I think it's outlived its usefulness, mm-hmm. and it would be better to, you know, remove that, and then if problems arise down the road, you reevaluate. All right. So that's one thing we want to do. We want to have conventions. Kate's position is anti-sexism. Yes, and Don't. again, it excludes and you know someone who's non-binary that wants. Yeah, to run. so it says like eight men, eight women. Eight men, so eight anyone women. non-binary just can't. You can't be on. Fit in, you wouldn't fit in either Oof. category. Yeah. Rough, man. Yes. So by ward or gender or, or district representation, removing gender um, representation in committees. Um, we want to look at having conventions, I think is really important. Like I said, Atlanta County does it. It's done in South Jersey. We can do it. Um, so those are like, you know, very kind of insidery issues, but they do impact the names we see on the ballot. And also whether we feel anything about those names on the ballot. So, I mean, I would imagine that most people don't know who their assembly reps are or whether they like them. Well, and that's, but that's, I feel like that's where the, this position is especially important. Right. Because whoever's on the ballot's probably going to win. Right. They're unchallenged. And so the party gets to make all those decisions. Um, And it would be nice if they were making them for good reasons. Right, rather than loyalty. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, the, that's the reason we're also running... About loyalty to us, the people, not, you know, us, George yeah, Norcross. Right, so I mean, the reason we're running folks for state committee is exactly that. So the state committee picks who represents us also on the federal level. And mm-hmm. of course, they pick George. So No. You're shocked. So we No, have, surely not. That sounds so corrupt. It's three men, three women <laughs> that are running against their three men and three women who, as far as I know, have never been challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we're really just trying to pull some votes away from them. And we're also trying to raise awareness. Our sleep is great. We've got people from Cherry Hill. We've got some from Lindenwald, from Pensalkin, um, from here in Collingswood. So, you know, that's what's important. That's what's important. Um, who lives in Parkview, in fact. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, column four and five, that's the main takeaway. So column four and five. Yeah. So you're on column four. I'm not. And, I'm column five. You're column five, yes. and then the state party yes. is column four. It's column four. Yep. Um, but those are like your people that you organize with. Yes, and we're not in the same column. I know people have asked because you get a column. You should get a column, in fact. But the phantoms have their own rules. I mean, you shouldn't get a column at all because columns are stupid. You should have a, right. We should have a better <laughs> ballot. But if you have a crappy ballot that we currently have, it all hinges on the freeholders. So to have a to bracket, you need freeholders. So we don't have freeholders, so we're not in the same column. Oh, why don't you get some freeholders? Well, we tried that in 2020. Um, I was part of an effort with Sue Altman of Working Families to get a bunch of people to run for freeholder, and that ended quite badly. Oh, they really protect is that there, office. Is there drama there? There was drama. Do you want to do you want to tell our listeners about the drama? Um, it's almost it? a whole other podcast oh, okay. worth of drama. But in short, what we were trying to do was get people to run for freeholder in every South Jersey County um, with the idea that they control an enormous amount of money. Uh, I was at the last freeholder meeting. It was just me and a friend, Susan Drunkabrode, who I got all this stuff with. Um, and they did their public hearing on the budget, which was $500 million. And there was only one person who asked any questions and it was me. <laughs> so it's always you, Kate. It's always me, but I don't want it to always be me. I, so I really think there needs to be a lot more uh, watchdog activity of the county. So I will say that right now, Camden County. Look for go, that on the horizon. Go figure. Bring in more friends. So yeah, it's an enormous amount of money. It's where they um, award all the the contracts. Um, so they don't want other people controlling that pot of money. So 
there's been lawsuits. There was in 2019. We had people that were trying to run. There was a lawsuit that said that one of them had committed, you know, a felony because oh. someone's like 80 year old grandmother, the person sitting next door signed her name, which is not okay. Uh, but it became, you know, the source of many hit pieces on this guy. Um, so that's why we've aimed for party inroads at the moment for county committee and for state committee. All right. Well, I think that sounds good. Yeah. Um, I'll give you my official endorsement. Oh, thank you. <laughs> vote for <laughs> v- vote column four and five uh, next Tuesday. Is that the eighth? It's the eighth. Yep. Usual polling hours. So 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Okay. Um, I think if you were going to do it by mail, you probably would have already got your ballot, right? Yes. Okay. So the rest of you have to go. Yes. And you have to mail it in or you can drop it the drop box, which is Haddon Township. We don't have one in town, but there is one at their municipal building. We'll go visit the friendly people at Board of Elections and hand it right to them. All right. And are, are you going to be out electioneering that day? I am actually going to be the challenger at large for my slate. And I'm going to be in Blackwood all day because I very deeply want to get better insight into the excitement of the vote by mail processing. Sounds fun. So usually Rena Margulis of South Jersey Progressive Dems does this job, but she's going to be out of state. So I'm going to be filling in. I have a long instruction list from Rena. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, anything else to say before we wrap up? Make sure that you vote in the primary and after the primary, you know, keep listening to this podcast, get involved locally and check out South Jersey Progressive Democrats. All right. Thank you, Kate. Uh, all right. That's our podcast for this month. Um, next month, I imagine we'll be back to our normal routine of talking about commissioners meetings and other goings on in town. Yeah. There's a meeting Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the first Monday. So, yeah, it would be this Monday. Um, so we'll we'll have some uh, reporting on that and we'll just try to keep everyone informed with what's going on. Absolutely. Uh, so thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and um, yeah, get in touch if you have any comments or anything how you think we ought to know about it. All right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.